Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. I want to talk to you in the next few moments about the power of testimony. We're in a season of supernatural grace where God is saving people. People are getting baptized. People are getting filled with the Spirit. People are being healed. A testimony is a written or spoken record of what God has done. It's reciting, this is what God did. And when you and I do that, it is incredibly powerful. I want you to remember this one phrase. If you don't remember anything else, I want you to remember this, that when you and I recite what God has done, it multiplies the miracle of God's power. When you and I talk about what God has done, what happens is, as we say the testimony, it equips us to walk in the purpose for which we've been created and to live a life that demonstrates the supernatural power of God, and it elevates the faith of those who are hearing us that, that the miracle power of God might work in their life. When you tell testimonies, it changes the atmosphere of the room. When you tell a testimony of what God has done, it changes the focus of the conversation. It changes the faith of the people who are hearing. And it opens the opportunity for God to work in people's lives where maybe before they hadn't considered the possibility of what God could or might do. The start of every staff meeting, we do testimony time. In fact, we were in Clark Chapel and we're having our testimony time. And I mean, it was so incredibly powerful. We get together as a team. We just start saying, okay, what has God done? And people just start saying, well, this and this and this and this and all of the testimonies. It's really amazing. And what it does in that moment, it builds everybody's faith to believe God to do things even greater than we've seen. So I wanna give you just a few principles on testimony. We're gonna share some testimonies with you. We're gonna celebrate what God is doing. Number one, testimonies reveal how God works. This is really important. God cares that the earth knows, that people know how he works. The Bible is a book of testimonies. It's a book that records for us, God did this here, he did this here, he did this here, he did this here. It tells us this is what God does and this is how God responds. Here's the good news about the Bible having all of those testimonies because there could be some of you and you'd say, you know, I don't know that I have much of a testimony. Personally, I don't think that's true. You have more of a testimony than you realize, but in the event that you want to just start with some really amazing stories, start with the Bible. Because the stories in the Bible, the testimonies in the Bible are your story and they're my story. 
Psalm 119 says this, I have inherited your testimonies forever. God wrote you into the will. God wrote you into the story. God has given you the testimonies. What God did through Moses, that's your testimony. You're a part of the people of God. What God did through Elijah and Elisha, what God did through Jesus and the apostles, we're all a part of this story. The book of Acts has no formal ending. It's still being written today. Their story is our story. They're our inheritance forever, and they are the joy of my heart. The more I think about what God is doing, the more I think about how God responds, the more I'm going to believe him to do it in my life, the more I'm going to be willing to step out in faith. And when we step out in faith, that is the stuff of miracles. That's why Jesus said, uh, ask and you'll receive that your joy may be full. There it is. When you and I are built up in our faith by seeing what God has done over there. Listen, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13 and verse 8. And, and the, what that is telling us is the God who did things in the book of Exodus and in 1 Samuel and in Kings, he is the same God who is working today in your life and my life in this church. He's working in your life as you're watching online. He's a powerful God who delights in showing himself powerful in our lives. Every miracle, every healing, ever, every supernatural work God has ever performed is not only a testimony of what he's done in the past, but it is our testimony and their story becomes our story. What he did for them, he will do for us. Testimony not only shows the testimonies of what God has done not only shows us what is possible, but it shows the world who God is. Psalm 67, I love this passage. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. Selah, that's a word for like, strike up the orchestra while we all stop and think about that for a moment. It's not wrong to ask God to bless you. The issue is your motive. Do you want it for you or do you want it for the people around you? Do you want it for you or do you want it because you want people around you to see the hand of God on your, work, on your life and to come to the conclusion, I know them and they aren't capable of doing that. This has to be God. I know them. I've watched them. But there's something about their life that is extraordinary. There is something about their life that is supernatural. There is something about their life that has the hand of God on it. Have you ever seen somebody like that? Have you ever watched somebody like that up close where you recognize the hand of the Lord was on them to such a degree you realize his hand was on them more than his hand was on you? What did you conclude? Did you conclude somehow that, oh, well, that's just how it works? If you did, you're wrong. God is no respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he'll do for another. Because the Bible says this, the eyes of the Lord range to and fro throughout the earth, seeking to strengthen the hearts of those who are what? Fully committed to him. I can remember sitting in the dorm room at Central Bible College and, and watching my roommate. And as I watched him, I, it just seemed like everything fell into place for him. That's not that he never had a problem. It's just that there was a supernatural 
conclusion to the problems. As he talked about his story, as he told me about his life, as I watched him live his life, it was obvious to me there was a dimension of God's blessing on his life that was not on mine. Was I loving God? Was I serving God? Yes. But it was not the same. And I, I went to the Lord and I said, God, I don't understand why you're doing things in his life that you haven't done in mine. This is what the Lord, I can remember like it was yesterday. John, I'll do for you what I've done for him if you'll do for me what he's done for me. You serve me like he has, I'll do for you what I've done for him. I'm no respecter of persons. I said, game on. There's a world watching, watch this. God, be gracious to us, bless us, make your face shine us, why? So that your ways may be known on the earth. So that when people watch your life and they watch my life and they hear the stories of how God's working, what it does is it tells them, this is how the God of the universe interacts with people personally. He's a personal God, he's a powerful God, he's, he's a God who cares about our lives down to the tiniest detail. Psalm 37, 23, I quote it all the time, the steps of a righteous person are directed by the Lord and he delights in every detail of their life, every detail. Listen, he knows more about you and cares more about you than you know about you or care about you. I mean, he, he's numbered, the hairs on your head, you don't even care about that. He says, oh, there goes one right down the shower drain. He saw it. He made note of it. He cares. But when people see God work in our, our life, instantly it tells them, this is how God works. And here's the purpose, so that his salvation can be seen among the nations. Because all of a sudden, people begin to say, wow, you mean if I know that kind of God, you mean that God, if I begin to walk with him, he'll work in my life? That's, how, that's who he is? That's how wonderful he is? Listen, testimonies reveal how God works, and ultimately that leads to salvation. It's the kindness of God, Romans chapter 2, Paul says, that leads us to repentance. Number two. Testimonies create an expectation in our heart for God to work his miracles in our life. What happens is, as you hear the story of what God has done, instantly it ignites faith in your heart to believe God can do something that you need him to do. The root word for the word testimony is do it again. And in, in, the, in the testimony, is this sense, is the seed for God to work powerfully in the future. Every record of what he's done in generations past is in many ways a promise of what he'll do today if we'll just ask. You know, the scripture and testimony, you see the power of it. We used to do I Love America. It was a big 4th of July extravaganza that was done essentially to draw a crowd so we could preach the gospel. But the problem with a uh, 4th of July event outdoors when you have uh, at times 100,000 people there, and in many years we had 100,000 people there, uh, you just got to have really good weather. So we would pray for the weather, right? And what would happen is it actually, on the secular radio stations, they began to have debates on the radio 
do, can people really change the weather by praying for it? Which we all know the answer is yes. I remember one time, one fourth of July, it was raining right at the overpass on the south side of the overpass. It was dry on the north side, and somebody from the radio was talking to the DJ at the station and saying, this is, this is just plain scary weird. It's raining over there, and it's dry over there. But we, had all, we have all these stories of what God did that way. Where did we get the faith to believe that a prayer could change weather. James 5. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Right there it is. Elijah, for an instance, human just like us, prayed hard that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't. Not a drop for three and a half years, and then he prayed that it would rain, and it did. The showers came, and everything started growing again. We would read that. We would recite it. We would quote it, and then we would pray it, and God showed up, and what he did for Elijah, he did for us. People say, so you really believe you can change? I can't do anything. Let's just be clear about something. I'm in sales, not service. I can tell you what he can do. He's the one who does it, right? That's how it works. I can tell you. I can, I can build your faith by giving you the word of God, but God is the one who does it every single time. Number three. Through testimonies, God's power is released into the lives of those who hear it. Revelation chapter 19 says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You say, what, what exactly does that mean? If somebody is prophesying, you'll know that it's going to be, if it's not about Jesus, then you have to wonder. Because the spirit of prophecy, the the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So if I'm testifying about Jesus, there is a prophetic element to it. Anytime you and I talk about the Lord, the hand of the Lord is on the words that we're speaking. The presence of the Lord is going before us. When you tell a testimony, when, I, when we talk about what God is doing, the spirit of God is at work Elevating faith in the hearts of people, prophetically encouraging people to step out and to believe God. I mean, and so there's all kinds of, of testimonies that we could tell you. For example, yesterday morning, I was here early and I was going out uh, of the atrium about seven o'clock and, and there was a couple there and, and we got to talking and they said, uh, you know, we were talking just about all that God is doing. And, and uh, the husband teared up. He said, hey, yeah, my sister, um, we've been praying for her. And last Sunday was so powerful. And uh, she has been battling uh, glioblastoma, which if you know what that is, that's a very aggressive brain cancer. There's no cure for it. And he said, so we were praying for her. She really felt like God touched her, went to the doctor this week. They can't find any. So that's huge. So many powerful testimonies, and what happens is when we hear a testimony, it elevates people's faith. So like when we had, we had over the summer some people who were deaf who were healed. As they began to tell their testimony, all of a sudden a lot of people who had hearing 
issues had healing. In fact, the one girl, uh, Rachel Ann, who's one of our worship leaders, she prayed during DFL, during the prayer meeting, that, that ears would pop in Jesus' name. And a lady said, my, I've not been able to hear singing. I've not been able to hear talking. I've not been able to hear anything. But my ears started popping. And all of a sudden, I could hear. And so, you know, God, God heals people, touches people, when they, we hear the stories of other people who've been touched. Are you with me on this? Faith rises in your heart, and it's not just you. It's not just you wishing it would happen. It's not just you personally identifying with that on some human basis, but what's happening is the way God has ordered it, the way God has meant it, is that when we're declaring his glory, his spirit is working, and he's multiplying that miracle in the lives of other people. That's what makes testimony so powerful. This is why it's so important that we talk about the things that God is doing. Because if we ever stop talking about them, then what happens is we stop talking about them, then we stop expecting them, then we stop seeing them. God is moving in a way that is unique and that I believe is a forerunner to revival, which we've been praying for, which we desperately need in the area that God is demonstrating his power to us so that we might be bold enough to share Christ with people around us. For example, in uh, the children's area, they have been talking about nothing's impossible for God and building the kids' faith. So there was a girl who was um, very concerned about her grandfather. She's 11 years old. Her, her name is Ainsley, and she was concerned about her grandfather's salvation. They have tried and tried to uh, witness to him uh, to no effect. He's in his 90s. They're concerned what's going to happen to him. And if you knew this girl's parents, you would know they've, they've done every kind of witnessing. It's not, it's not that they haven't been bold enough to talk to him. It's been that he's been resistant to their talk. So Ainsley is 11-year-old girl saying, you know, I'm worried about my grandfather. So 11-year-old Ryan says, well, what's his phone number? <laughs> you know where this is headed. She gives him the phone number. Then his mom helps him to write out the sinner's prayer because Ryan says, I know when I talk to him, he's going to want to give his heart to Jesus. They write out the sinner's prayer, the plan of salvation, write it all out. Ryan calls him and asks him, hey, do you want to give your heart to Jesus? The grandpa said yes. He prayed with him, led him to the Lord. This is the power of testimony. What it does is it creates a boldness in people. And as we said last time, power follows boldness. A lot more would happen if a lot more stepped out. If we're bold, those who hope in him will not be put to shame. That's the word of God. To believe God. Here's an 11-year-old who says, hey, there's no 90-year-old a match for God. Amazing. Testimony does that. In fact, let me share a few with you here by way of video. Several weeks ago, um, I went forward for prayer, and God completely healed my shoulder. 
I started developing pain in my shoulder while I was at work from all the lifting that I would do. It started to get more painful. I couldn't sleep very well. I'd wake up because it would hurt. I couldn't do things at home because I couldn't raise my arms very high. One Sunday, I felt like the Lord was telling me to go down for prayer. And so I went forward and two women prayed for me. The one on my left put her hand on my left shoulder. And as soon as she touched my shoulder, I could feel this warm heat in my shoulder. Pastor John asked if you believe that God healed you to raise your hands and my arms just shot up and I felt no pain and it was like so amazing because it had been going on for so long. I heard God and I obeyed him and he healed me. A few weeks ago during Sunday service, God totally healed my knee and my back. 22 years ago, I was in a really bad car accident that left me permanently damaged in my left knee. Uh, my left knee would cause me a lot of pain constantly. Uh, I had to do a lot of things with a brace on. I was left with no feeling uh, about mid-neck down to mid-lower back. During the end of service, Pastor John pointed to the stadium seating and said, somebody that was injured in a car accident that had their left leg hurt, healing is coming. Um, at that point, I knew that was for me. After the service, I noticed that I didn't have pain anymore. I went down to the altar and I talked with one of the pastors and he wanted me to test to see if I had any pain, so he had me do some squats. I was able to do them without pain. Go down, come back up uh, with no problem, several times. <laughs> so after 22 years of being in constant pain with my knee and no feeling in my back, I'm totally healed. A few weeks ago, I was watching the online campus and God completely healed my baby. At our 20-week scan to make sure everything was good and growing correctly with, with our baby, it was discovered that there was a hole in the baby's heart. This was really devastating. I've actually lost a friend as an adult who was born with the same flaw. While attending church online, Pastor John called for a prayer for healing. So I left the room and spoke with one of the pastors on the phone and prayed for this child to be healed. And during that prayer, the baby just started moving wildly. I had no doubt that God was healing my baby in that moment. So shortly after, we went to our follow-up appointment to have the baby's heart checked with a specialist. They couldn't find a hole at all. It was completely gone. The baby's heart was completely healed and exactly as it should have been. I was experiencing uh, shooting pain in the arches of both of my feet, and at a Wednesday night prayer service, the Lord completely healed me. I remember it was a Monday night. I was outside playing soccer with my son and chasing the dog around, and all of a sudden, I got a shooting pain that stopped me in my tracks. It was in the right arch of my foot and figured out that it was plantar fasciitis, which is just pain in the arch of your foot. And then uh, the same shooting pain happened in the left arch of my foot. So now I had shooting pain in both of my feet. I was limping around. It was unrelenting. It was all I could think about the entire time. Uh, Tuesday, fast forward, then we get to Wednesday. I'm at the prayer service and pastor on the stage says, if you need healing right now, uh, raise your hand. I raised my hand in faith. People gathered around and prayed for me. And during the prayer, I didn't really feel anything except pain in the arches of both of my feet. Uh, we then sat down for the service after the prayer uh, and uh, the pastor spoke. And then it was when I was walking to pick up the kids after church, 
that I realized that I had no more pain in either arch of my foot. And I'm sure I looked pretty ridiculous because I was running in the hallway and jumping and lunging, trying to cause some kind of pain in the arch of one of my feet, but I couldn't get them to hurt because the Lord had completely healed me in that moment. And still to this day, that was more than three weeks ago, zero pain in both my feet, praise the Lord. This most recent Sunday at James River West, God completely healed me. So in August, I suffered a shoulder injury in a football game that required surgery. I got the surgery and it left me only able to lift my arm about up to 90 degrees. That put me in like a really, really tough state mentally at some points, but I knew that God's power could heal. I just kept praying. I knew that if I kept praying, that God was gonna do something big in my life. So on a Sunday, Pastor John said that if anyone wanted to be healed, they should stand up and believe that God can heal them. I stood up and I just felt, I just felt like he had laid a hand on me. And when this happened, I knew that I was healed. I decided that I should go test and see if God healed me. So I went to the basketball court. I decided to see if I could shoot the ball and I, I take the shot and then I realized that, wow, I could actually reach my arm straight up. Before when I could only go about 90 degrees, I can now go all the way up. God completely healed my shoulder. A few weeks ago, I went up for prayer at James River West and God totally healed me. I was in a car accident that, that really devastated me. I ended up with post-concussion syndrome. I had uh, debilitating headaches. Went to the eye doctor and they prescribed prism glasses to help my balance because they said I had damage to my vision center. And I had went to multiple doctors. They really said, we've done all we can for you. We've given you all the medication that's possible. I went up for prayer on a Sunday morning at James River West for healing and they prayed over me, they laid hands on me and prayed for me and uh, God just, just absolutely healed me. All the things that doctors could not do, he did in a moment. I went back to the doctor because my glasses were bothering me um, and the doctor examined me and said, you know, your, your vision center is repaired, you don't need these anymore, that's why they're hurting. God has completely healed me. On Sunday, Pastor John asked us to stand if we wanted to be healed. I stood and my shoulder was completely healed. Last week I hurt my shoulder as we were helping uh, my kids move into their new apartment. And uh, I had pushed on an item and I had felt my shoulder rip and strain. And as that day wore on, the pain was increasing so much that there was so many things that I was struggling to do to where I couldn't even lift my shoulder, I couldn't bend my elbow, uh, I couldn't even button my pants. It proceeded for the next day to where by that uh, Saturday night, we were looking at going to the hospital. So on Sunday morning, we went down for prayer in the normal prayer time and uh, prayed for my shoulder. And I didn't experience a healing at that point. In the middle of Pastor John's sermon, he began a point where miracles follow boldness. And uh, when he had finished that point, he had asked everybody to stand who was not healed at the normal prayer time. And the Lord prompted me and said, you need to stand. I proceeded to stand and at that time, I felt this coolness come over me and my shoulder and I, I, I knew my shoulder was healed and I'm able to now move my hand above my head and my shoulder and be pain free and I've been pain free ever since then. It's awesome, isn't it? So amazing. We got this text last night 
um, it involves John, who was just up on the screen, his daughter Courtney. She was with us in church Sunday, and as John and I went down for prayer, Courtney went down for prayer for healing for her hip. She was scheduled to have her hip replaced at the beginning of the year, so it wouldn't affect her job as much during the recovery time. The doctor also said that she is the youngest patient that he will have ever done a hip replacement on. At the end of the service, when pastor had everyone stand up. At the moment John was healed, God also healed Courtney's hip. She's had zero pain doing things that she's not been able to do for many years. She's walking without a limp. She's walking with no pain. She's able to drive without her leg falling asleep and causing her excruciating pain. And literally all the day-to-day -day things that everyone just does without notice, she is in she would be in pain continually with. She is totally healed. She's calling her doctor to set up a time for him to do x-rays and tests again because she knows that God has completely restored her hip. They just found that out last night. You know, I didn't do this in the first service, but I really feel in this service right now is a, is a faith moment. Listen, I can't make anything happen. All I can do is just create the opportunity for God to move by allowing him to do it. And I, right now, I just, I just feel in my heart there are people God wants to touch, to heal today. And as we were showing you the testimonies and I was talking about them, some of you experienced in that moment faith rising in your heart. Right where you're at, I want you to stand. You need healing, I want you to stand. Now I want you to do something a little bit different. I want you to just step out into the aisle. You need, you stood, just step out into the aisle. If you know somebody who's in the aisle, if you, you know somebody, it would be great if we could have people praying for the people that have, that have gathered out. Here's the thing, you know what? You just say, hey, God is, God is working in this place. Faith rising in your heart is not you, it's the Holy Spirit working in you, preparing you for a work of God in you. Isn't that exciting? If you need somebody to pray with you, would you lift your hand if you don't have somebody with you? Now I want you to pray for them. Maybe you're gonna declare healing in the name of Jesus. You're just gonna do that right now. Then I'm gonna pray to those who are being prayed for. You just believe, you just begin to receive. Say, God, I believe you're healing me right now. I believe you're touching me right now. You just begin to give him thanks and praise. Come on, let's pray everybody else. Even if you're not near somebody, you can pray in the seat you're in. Let's pray for people. Let's ask God to touch them. Father, your, your word says you sent your word and you healed them. You revealed yourself to Israel as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And you promised that you would heal our diseases and by the stripes of Jesus Christ, Isaiah said we'd be healed. And Peter reaffirms that and says we have been healed. And so, Lord, I pray that in the name of Jesus today, your healing power would flow through this place, that, God, you would touch people in Jesus' name, that, God, in Jesus' name, you would lift people up, you would, God, heal cancer, 
Lord, that you would open ears, you'd stop ringing in the ears. I pray for people who need a new kidney today, that you'd give them a new kidney. I pray for people who have, Lord, diabetes and they've stood, I pray you'd heal them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for somebody today who's struggling with gallbladder problem, that in the name of Jesus, you would heal them in Jesus' name. Lord, for somebody who has a broken toe today, in the name of Jesus, that seems small, but it's, but it's something you can do easily. And so, Lord, may they be healed in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for somebody who's got severe back pain in their lower back. They've got a ruptured disc. May that back pain be healed in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for somebody who's had a stroke and that, that's causing great problems. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Be restored. May their grip come back to them in Jesus' name.
Let me, let me say this to all of those who have stood for healing, uh, and I want to explain a few things, because there's obviously questions that arise. One of them could be, well, why'd you have prayer for the sick if you're going to do this later in the service? I believe people are healed during prayer for the sick. Very first testimony was somebody was healed during prayer for the sick. So, I mean, I believe in that as a regular part of the service. I've been healed. Debbie's been healed. I know a lot of people who've been healed by coming forward. I also know that there's times when God touches people's faith and it enables something, a work of God in their life that, that wasn't possible before. So uh, fair enough on that? Number two, Ethan sits down. He's like, oh, my, my feet are killing me. But he gets up, he walks out the door. He's not thinking of it until he gets halfway across the atrium. And he says, wait a minute, my feet, I'm healed. So it wasn't right at that moment, but it was within, it was shortly thereafter. And he was running around the hallways and doing that. Take Easton, that 15-year-old boy. What happened was, he got up in the service. At the end of the service, he told his parents, I'm gonna go, where, they, where are you going? He said, I'm gonna go play basketball. And at the West Campus, we have a basketball cage. And he goes in there, the youth pastor sees him and says, hey, what are you doing? Because he's taking the thing that's designed to immobilize his arm off. And he said, I'm gonna play basketball. And he said, you know what, Peter, when, the, when the, he declared the lame man healed, the lame man wasn't healed until Peter pulled him up, until the guy put it to the test. He said, I believe God has healed me, but I got to find out. So let me say this to you. I would encourage you to do things you couldn't do before. If you've been prayed for and there's something you couldn't do, I would encourage you to do it now while you're in the presence of the Lord and, and give, give God thanks for that. Let me, say, let me say this to you, that anything God does in our life, the enemy will challenge. This is really, really important. So you could be in a situation where God has touched you. Uh, you know, let's say this. I'll, I'll use some other examples, and then I'll come back to that. Um, you get saved. How do you know you're really saved? I mean, anybody who's ever got saved had the enemy come and say, how do you know that really make a difference? Or if you get filled with the Spirit, how do you know it's not just you talking? Or you do all the different things we can do for the Lord, like God prompts you to give to somebody to help them, but then you wait and you're struggling. Is it really God? Is it really not? Because the enemy is trying to work against every good thing God does in your life. So the enemy's going to challenge your healing. Not always, but sometimes this is just how this works. So I can remember when I was, when I was first saved, I'd severely damaged my shoulder playing in a, in a softball game. And I went to work the next day. I was working construction with the union, which for a college kid was a great job. And I couldn't move my arm. And the foreman told me, can't move your arm on Monday. Don't come back and I needed the job for the summer. So we, I went to this little Assembly of God church and there was an evangelist there. So he lays hands on me. Instantly, my shoulder's on fire and all of a sudden I can move it. Then he says this to me, young man, the enemy will challenge what God does in your life. Don't ever forget that. So when you go home and you go to do something and your shoulder starts to hurt, if that happens, you just say, in Jesus' name, I'm healed. You know what? As soon as I went home, I was grabbing a gallon of milk and my arm was like, oh, and I said, in Jesus' name, I'm healed. And my shoulder was whole. I'm just telling you, those, those are 
practical things to remember when it comes to healing that will help you. If for some reason you feel you're not healed yet, you may, you may this afternoon be healed. You may wake up tomorrow and be healed. I mean, I, I just would encourage you to believe in the goodness of God in your life. Amen? Amen. How many think you were healed today? You feel you were touched, you were healed. Praise God. Come on, let's, let's thank the Lord. That's so awesome. So awesome. Praise God.